Hello and welcome to another fan critical podcast. Woo! I'm your host, Lucy. Hello. And today I'm joined by part of the UK contingent of our podcast crew. We are locked down, not out. Emma is here. Say hello, Emma. Yay. Hello. Yes, I'm here, locked down in my lovely tiny house. How are you doing? Looking at you on a video. Mm. Uh, well, I've not gone mental this lockdown, as much so as the first one. Yeah. We know what's in store, I think. It's nice to see a face. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it is as it is now. I look like I've been dug out of the ground, but you know. I don't look much better, but I think it's lovely to see your lovely face anyway. Yes, it is. Nice to have some company on these uh, lonely days. So today we are discussing the 2014 James Brown biopic, Get On Up, starring the late, great Chadwick Boseman, RIP. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Now this is a Patreon commission podcast and it's our Patreon Beth who's asked us to cover this. And it's always interesting, I think, when we get these commission podcasts, because oftentimes it's films that we may not have already seen or may have never watched ourselves. So it is sort of opens us up to, yeah, unexpected films. So thank you, Beth, for that. And actually, I didn't even know that this was a thing. Didn't even know this was a film. When Chadwick Boseman passed away... There was obviously a lot of, of coverage on what his the roles he'd done, and it, it did say that he'd co- he'd um, played James Brown. Um, but I no, I, I wasn't aware of it prior to that. Um, so before we get into the plot of the film, I would like to hear your thoughts, Emma, and your Blueberry score. Now, if you've got any new listeners, welcome. You're in for a treat. Um, but the Blueberry score is how we rate the things that we review. So zero to five, zero being the worst five being the best and you can't have any halves so it's quite a harsh yet fair scale so emma what did you think of get on up and what is your blueberry score good question um so i was really excited to watch this actually because um i like james brown yeah i like chadwick boseman yeah um and the what rest of the wrong? cast is awesome nothing well what could go wrong that is a question um <laughs> uh I, when it started I was baffled, but I was enjoying myself. What I found by the end was that I'd really enjoyed his performance. Yes. As James Brown. I'd really enjoyed some of the other cast. So like um, Viola Davis and It's uh, a strong supporting cast. Yeah. Imagine them as your parents. Jesus, you've made it. I mean, not like that. Um, No, but I mean, just having them... As the is the actors playing your your parents, it's like wow, pretty cool. Like Lenny James is my hero. I love He's him. Fantastic. Um, but I was, I think, individual performances and certain parts of the film were incredible, and they were really well done. And I think it it really opened up for me some. Like I didn't know much about James Brown's no. life 
really. I know a lot about his music, not a lot about his life. And I found that really interesting. But did but you I, think you I, learned a lot about his life watching this? Because I don't think I did. I feel like I learned a lot about his personality. Now, yes, that's I, true. That's true. What I did find was that I kept getting the feeling like they were trying to emulate the style of Ray with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. You know, with the flashbacks to his childhood. And mm. I love that film. Fantastic. I just felt like the plot itself was not quite there wasn't really it wasn't there um no. and it was a bit too convoluted so i actually i think i ended up spending two and a half hours just enjoying the music yes i mean the soundtrack is obviously gonna be superb because it's james brown it's like how many hits does, can one man have and it annoyed me actually because i had a little factoid <laughs> that i was going to share with you because i knew that he was the most sampled artist of all time so i was like i'm gonna use that in the podcast and they fucking said it at the end of the film and i was like mm, that's my God one damn. fact gone so yeah, I mean, he's obviously very influential in the world of like hip hop and everything. Um, yeah, so you know the soundtrack's going to be good. So yeah, like you say, when I found out we were covering it, I was like, well, you know, it's going to be good music. So And it looked great. Like the styling, the yes. costuming, all of that was fantastic. And, I, and I, I really did enjoy that, you know, especially like the no shirt wearing a leather waistcoat shit. Like It's a big know, look. Cool. Big look. It's the 70s, why not? Um <laughs> But I umdenard massively about what my Blueberry score would be because I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it, but I, f- I feel very much like for something like this, and especially with the comparison to the structure and the setup of Ray, it didn't deliver enough for me. No. And unfortunately, I'm sad to say this, that means that it gets a three Blueberry, which is not a terrible score. It's not, no. But it, but it ain't great. It's, it's middle of the road. It's good. It's like, yeah, okay. I think it's, it's not, okay. Yeah, it's not a bad film, but it isn't a good film. Um, no. uh, but I mean, like that opening set of scenes where he comes in and he's like shooting a shotgun into the ceiling because yeah. someone's taking a dump in his toilet. I was like, I love it. It's great. He's mental. Great. It was very. It sort of threw you off as soon as it started. You think, what? What is this that I'm watching? Like, it's it's gone kind of to not the end of his life, but getting there towards the end and him on a mad one with a shotgun because of a toilet like yeah it was a strange way to to start a film but it obviously had an impact because it it's something that you talk about um i'm gonna kind of echo some of your thoughts but i thought it was a fairly disappointing film now you've mentioned ray and i i do think there is a trap that these biopics of musicians fall into where they're just they're quite generic and they follow like a well-worn trajectory like showing the the childhood trauma the path to success the dizzying highs the terrifying lows and and then it gets to a point where they they've made it the abuse the drama yeah and i understand that that's probably what the lives of many of these musical geniuses is like but i just found it a bit boring and they tried to change that by cutting it up the timelines i found that very confusing i didn't it didn't work for me. At one moment we were in Vietnam and I was like, oh, cool. Like this, that was quite a good scene in the, on the plane and I think they're going to crash. And then it goes back to like the beginning. And then I just, it didn't, that didn't work for me. I think that these biopics, they're, they're just a bit predictable for me now. I don't know if you've seen a film called Walk Hard. Have you seen that film? It's a parody. No, but that sounds good. I thought you were going to say... Um walk the line and I was like well exactly but again I think walk the line's another one where it just goes down quite a generic predictable road with the biopic and someone like Johnny Cash you know you've reduced his whole life down to someone with daddy issues I just didn't I love Johnny Cash yeah um but then there are films like recent examples of films where I think that it's been done really well is like Rocket Man they did that 
the Elton John biopic, it was, yeah. you know, they, they used such good use of his music in, in such an imaginative way that it was really different. Um, I just want well, to yeah. also think about Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, I hated that film. I think that film is shit. It, so, I, see, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because of the music and because yes, I thought good music. that the the characterization was really good. Um, and I think what you what you can fall into the trap of, I, I think what you're saying about biopics like this is you, it just becomes disjointed because you're trying to show the background and how it relates yeah. to, you know, the future of that person. And actually you kind of need to focus on one or the other or don't include it if it doesn't have any relevance because yes, okay, clearly James Brown had a terrible, you know, poor and abusive and difficult childhood, but there was no correlation between what no. we were seeing and i think that's no, there what wasn't made it really, really hard to follow and it, it there wasn't really a sense i mean we did see him you know with the gospel um the preacher and it kind of that informed his performance you could his style you can obviously see that like you say it, was, that, like, it was disjointed and you think right so you're a star now but how did that happen um, a star in what way like what are the what are the figures like where are you bit it was just i think there's a good film in there but i didn't see it um, Chadwick Boseman was so charismatic like he was fantastic and I actually think it might be one of the only other sh- films I've seen him in that is not Black Panther or like Avengers related um, yeah totally I- and yeah like you say the, the soundtrack obviously superlative and the supporting cast was really strong there were some these people were popping up and I was like oh my god it's Jill Scott oh my god it's Len- Lenny James it's Viola Davis is his Dan mom. Aykroyd yeah Dan like, Aykroyd what there. is happening um, but I, I actually um denied as well um, and I'm actually going to give it two blueberries. I'm going quite oh. harsh because I just felt, and it was long. You know how I feel about the long films. Uh, I, just I tried not felt... to bring that up because they, the boys moan about us moaning about it being more than 90 minutes. Do they? <sighs> Forget them. They've got, they haven't got anything else to do. Watch films. We've got, you know, shit. Clearly to get on not. With. 90 minutes tops. I don't mind if it's a good film. It's fine. And this, yeah, it had its moments, but it, I just, I I left it feeling like, so what What was his life about? And I think what they probably did is they filmed it and then they were like, man, this is not that interesting. Let's chop it up. And that makes it a bit more like, oh, that's unusual. But it, for me, it didn't work. Um, so uh, yeah, two two blueberries for me, I'm afraid. I, I, I was disappointed in it and it fell into a trap that many biopics do in that it was quite generic um so yeah do you have mm-hmm. anything to add on that no i think you know we, we clearly have a similar opinion of it you know mm. i'll echo what you said chadwick boseman was amazing you know his yes. performance is a hard yeah. character to he really to captured his because, voice and everything and not kind of the erraticness you know mm. like f- almost frenetic energy constantly um, yeah. but also that arrogance and i think he did an amazing job of that and for me that's part of the reason why i enjoyed it so much is because of his performance he is fantastic um, but yeah, I think we should rewrite it, Lucy. Yeah. Um, the oh, the right way. Yeah. Like Memento, no, but he's, you can he... watch it the right way around, I think. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah. I've decided. Yeah. I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd um, be really, that'd be exactly what we need, isn't it? So obviously we've, we've kind of gone in a bit in depth about how the plot jumps around. So to go over the plot, it's not going to be possible because it goes bam, bam, bam. So I'll just give it like an overview. And even that is, you know lengthy so we see him as a young young james growing up in the woods really like it really seems like a sort of leftover from the civil war sort of era almost um so he's got his abusive father lenny james unhappy mother played by viola davis um we see him growing up in the 50s being inspired by gospel music um gospel preachers gets in trouble with the law 
he forms a band with Bobby Bird, who gets him out of prison. So he owes a lot to Bobby Bird, and I think he should have been a bit more grateful. Um, he definitely they, should. He should learn yeah. some manners. Yeah, he should learn some manners. Um, so they get signed to a record label, have a, quite a fun little meeting with uh, Little Richard. That was good. I like that bit. Um, uh, do you know that's one of my favorite scenes i'm gonna i'm gonna dive in it's one of my favorite scenes is that um when they get up on stage um and kind of take over in the break just i mean that's awesome because that's the first time you really see him go i know how to sell this like yeah and, and the energy all of them really getting into it yeah very cool i mean that is my that i that is my favorite scene i think of the film because that's where you actually get the sense of the energy that surrounded the band especially james and i think that was done really well um so that's James Bowen and his famous flames. That's the name of the band. They begin to have hit records. Um, we see a painful re- reunion with his mother, which again, I felt like they could have had, because the way they do it is he's backstage, isn't he? And Bobby comes and says, your mum, someone that says your mum is here. And you think, oh God. And then they go and cut to something else. And then they come back later to that. And I think you've really lost the tension of that. Do you know what? I don't even think we needed that. We didn't need her to come back because what that is, is that's the stereotypical mom's poor. She's probably got a drug habit because, you know, that was what was I, I, that was what I felt was being implied. Um, we're going to give her some money and it's going to be really difficult to say, you know, get out of my life and go away. And then he's going to be a bit sad. It just felt like a trope. Yeah, it, it there was wasn't any emotion behind it. I would have rather have just left Viola Davis playing that character in the past because I thought she was fantastic there and just leave just leave it we didn't need that it's just like a little like you say it's just like a little caveat like oh yeah gotta get the mummy issues in right there we go um yeah and then what about daddy where's daddy daddy didn't come back asking for money i guess uh we have some unhappy marriages and domestic abuse and this annoyed me because it's pretty much glossed over in the film um and we'll, I guess we'll come on to that a bit later and then we have the eventual disintegration of the band due to james's controlling behavior and the film ends where it starts with James in 1988 on a mad one, like I said before. Like he goes and holds up a, uh, well he doesn't hold up, but he threatens <laughs> some people in a conference room in a building that he owns because one of them Fucking uses nuts. toilet. Um, and that's a bit mad. And then he gets pursued by the cops and arrested. And then it actually ends in 93 with a performance by James and a reunion of sorts with Bobby. So that's, I mean, so much more happens. But that's kind of the, the trajectory of the plot. Um, so which strand of the story, if any, did you enjoy the most? And what are your standout scenes? Now, we've mentioned, obviously, the performance of Caldonia. Caldonia? Yep. Doesn't say it like that. Um, which was great. What is there a particular timeline of his life that you enjoyed the most or you thought was done particularly well? I So I found his relationship with Bobby Bird to be the most interesting thing there. Um, and, you know, you just mentioned about the actual ending, you know, that kind of semi-reunion and... Um, you know him seeing him on stage and and that kind of 90s part of it and I think it for me the disintegration of their relationship was the most interesting part of this because Bobby did so like, like you said he did so much for James Brown and James Brown life. wouldn't have been James Brown without him no. and I think I would have preferred to have seen more James and Bobby less mums come back for money and that yes. kind of thing like I think they could I think have focused on that, that more. relationship rather than like you say trying to cram lots of other bits of his life he's basically lived there was too much life to put in a, a film so what they did they didn't really yeah. cover I mean, there anything is, of course. satisfactorily so had they gone right this is how they came to fame and this is his relationship with Bobby and then when they made it stop there 
that might have been more effective use of the time. I don't know. But I agree with you that that was the most interesting because Bobby seemed very like willing to be when the rest of the when basically so the the record label man Dan Aykroyd says we want to we want to sell the band as um James Brown and his famous flames and the rest of the band are like nah like we're part of the band you can't just make him the leader and Bobby's the only one that sticks around and like I think I totally agree with you you really could have just stuck around that relationship because it was the most interesting relationship in the film yeah I, I really think so and actually the the guy that plays Bobby uh Nelson Ellis so yeah. I only really recognise him from True Blood. He's in Fargo, uh, I think. I One see- of the seasons of Fargo. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really seen him in much other stuff, I'm but I thought that. he was... I almost think he was on a par with or better than Chadwick. It's a harder role because James Brown's very charismatic, very out there, very flashy, and it's actually harder to draw the attention when you're a more reserved character, yeah, I, mean, I think. I just... <laughs> I think the other thing that I found quite difficult. So clearly, he did a lot of drugs. Yeah, don't really see that, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think they kind of glossed over the the drugs thing. And I think if you're going to show him coming into a room going completely batshit because someone's taken a shit in his toilet with a shotgun, you need to explain that that's because he's taking too many fucking drugs. Mm. Angel um, dust. Yeah, and and on top of that, you know, we we glossed over the domestic violence issues. Um, that also is is exacerbated by his heavy, heavy drug use. Um, and I think that I almost feel that like the story would have been more interesting and better plotted if what we'd seen is maybe just a five minute. This is his childhood. Then the development of James Brown to fame with his relationship with Bobby Bird, and then his descent, you know, yeah. into crazy old man on drugs yeah because i think you're right actually in that you see his behavior become more erratic you there is a you see him well it's off off screen but he punches his wife dd played by jill scott um but it, it was almost done in a funny way like they're almost making it comic did you think the way she went I, whoop, as she sort of like fell down the stairs like having been slapped at the yeah. top of it I found it that felt a bit, like it was being trivialised and, yeah. I, and I didn't like that. It made me feel uncomfortable because it's not funny. You know, no. he is a violent man. Yeah. Um, and Numerous that's, that's not occasions. something that's been hidden. No. Like, I think he was not allowed in the UK at some point because he had so many, he'd been arrested so many times for domestic abuse. His daughter said that it was years of sustained abuse of her mother. There was a rape accusation. Like, he's not a, a saint or an angel, if you're not going to even address it, you're going to show one thing, nothing happened. No one mentions it again. It's, ne- it's never like, maybe you should stop beating your wife, James. It's never. So just, if you're really going to just pay lip service to what he did, don't include it. That's just, it. Just be it's like, lip service, isn't it? We're not going to, we're it's, not going to actually address any of it. It's almost like box ticking for the sake of going, shit, we should acknowledge this yeah. at least. When actually I'd rather you ignored it if you're going to treat it like that. I didn't, Fo- I didn't Focus like on something that. else and don't just go, yeah, well, yeah, he did his wife one time. No, he was very abusive. Like you said, probably heavily influenced by the drugs he was taking. Doesn't go into that. And I think these people, like these stars, you could probably name any like global icon, global star, maybe not, maybe not in recent years, but from previous years, they've all had fucking troubled lives. Like the reason they're geniuses, it doesn't just come to people that are well-adjusted and normal most of the time. No, maybe, we're boring. I think Stevie Wonder, <laughs> I would say, there might be some bad things about him, but he, I think he seems pretty clean. But then he's blind. Like that's the problem he had to well, deal exactly. with. Exactly. He has a challenge, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, 
that that's the other part of it that I really enjoyed was watching him as a young guy kind of get his confidence and his arrogance because part of James Brown's appeal is that arrogant I am you know king of soul yeah I mean like he's the godfather of soul like he you know and he knows it um and that is part of his charm and his attraction is the fact that he is almost so up himself yeah and I like seeing that development you need that from a star and I think he did I mean Chadwick captured it like he was sexy even like despite every you know you know you know the facts about him but just watching him you're like yeah and another great scene actually is when he does um sex machine in the like gold leather so yeah good. the dance everything so good. really nailed it and that that was electric and yeah i think it's going to be very hard to make a terrible film about james brown if you're using his music because you there are going to be moments where you're like loving it because you love the song and they they made the good decision to use his his voice and not i'm sure chadwick i think oh, he is a singer God. himself but you're not going to try and mimic this incredibly distinctive voice. They just went, no, we'll use it. And I think this, that really worked. What did you think of the scene? Is it in Detroit where he's performing and people keep getting up on stage and we've got the police with truncheons and dogs and the way that he handled that? That's what did really, you think about that? That was really good. And that was after the assassination of Martin Luther King, wasn't it? Um, and he's before. I think he's performing in Boston actually because of the cool accents of the guy. Oh yeah, it's because <laughs> my favorite ac- American accent. It's Boston. Boston. Um, that's terrible. I'm sorry, any Boston listeners. I thought it was really good, and it it just showed like, and he said, "You're making this look bad." It's like, no, don't like just stay just stay down. And he's saying to security guards, "No, leave them. Like, don't don't hurt them. Like, everyone's fucking probably in absolute bits at the murder of Martin Luther King." And they're trying to lose themselves in the music and you like people coming on stage, you can understand it, but you've got to, you've got to try and keep it together or it's all going to kick off massively. And he handled it really well. And it's all going to be because you're all black. That's why yeah. you behave this way. Yeah, it's, it's just going to make things so much worse. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I really liked the way that he he approached it. I thought it was really interesting um, and, and well done, you know, like. Yeah, that was, was a good scene. That was a good tactful. Scene. Yeah, it was tactful. But also and- you could feel the nervous tension couldn't you like when yeah. you just kept seeing the flashes of the dogs pulling at their leashes and the guys holding their truncheons like you you could feel the fear yeah and you it's that thing of like do you cancel the show and then it's there's outrage upon the outrage of the the murder of dr luther king um or do you let it go on and you, you know it could all go absolutely mad and yeah that was a good that was a good sh- bit to include because i think he was very he was. He was involved in the civil rights movement, James Brown. They didn't really show much of that. That was all a bit, you know, I'm black and I'm proud. He released that and they didn't really um, show much more of that. But they can't show everything. This is a man who lived a long and eventful life. I just think you've got to pick a lane and stick with it. And it's not going to be an exhaustive history of James Brown, but you'll do what you're doing well, whereas this kind of, and this happened, oh, and this, and civil rights, and domestic abuse, oh, and drug use, mum, mum's issues, like, it would just And didn't... actually, when you go through the list, it kind of, you realise that if you try and include all of it, that's exactly what happens, is that it just becomes a tick box exercise yeah. rather than a really good just, film. It's and spread I, you too know... thin, spread too thin for two and two hours, 20 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, but I mean, I think those are the standouts for me um you know what we've just talked about and you know that they are good scenes within a mediocre film yeah i think that's a good way um of putting it just the last thing i wanted to ask you well it's not actually the last but 
there's a bonus thing to ask, but this is just about the film. Um, what did you think of the narrative device of him breaking the fourth wall, James, and addressing the audience directly? Did it work? Fucking hate it. it. <laughs> okay. I, I am not. So I was no. watching this with somebody else and I turned around and I was like, not feeling this fourth wall thing. Um, I The only time I've ever enjoyed somebody breaking the fourth wall is Fleabag. Brilliant. Yeah. Even that's um, a bit annoying. And, and I'm pretty sure there was a version, a modernised version of The Taming of the Shrew where they did a bit of like fourth wall breaking. But it just annoys me because it didn't make any sense in the film. No, it really didn't. And I was like, it's another gimmick from? to try and make the film into something it's not yeah that didn't it didn't work for me i thought it would and it just I'm, added I'm to the overall confused tone of like so he's just talking to us now another thing that used that though is it is bad now obviously kevin spacey's a not good man but house of cards when he used to look to the the um camera that was a good use of it overall it is a bit gimmicky um if, if it's a consistently used technique um and it's because it wasn't consistent throughout the film. Um, I think it can work. Uh, it just, it fell flat for me massively and I'd forgotten about it. Now I've remembered. It wasn't even like he was telling the story, like sitting in his like, rocking chair and looking back. It was just, he would randomly go, welcome to America, Rolling Stones or whatever. That was weird as well. Stupid Mick Jagger. Um, so my last thing to ask you is, what is your favourite James Brown song? This is easy. So I, I love James Brown. Like um, some of my first like cassette tapes were James oh, Brown tapes. I wonder if we'll have the same one. I won't. Probably. I'm pretty sure it was free with good housekeeping. And <laughs> no, I mean our favourite song. Like our favourite song might be the ah, same. James Brown song. But my my favourite ever James Brown song is Sunny. Sunny. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's that a good is it. one. Love I feel it. like I didn't even know that was a James Brown song. Because he's got so I many. I don't know if it's originally James Brown. Um, I think it is. And it's a duet. Um, but I will listen to that at every opportunity. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's the uh, De Felice trio and James Brown. Yes. Okay. There you go. Interesting. Guesty so voice. My, my favourite is The Boss. And it annoyed me because they only use they didn't even use it in the film and then they had the weird no. another stupid moment of when he's like looking back when he's being chased by the police and you see him as a little boy and he addresses the camera and he says i paid the cost to be the boss and i'm like just play the song i don't need to this is really just, just bizarre play the whole thing. yeah um that yeah. is weird that's a great tune though yeah man because oh. i was watching also, it with Aaron and he was like for you because you know who else is the boss oh of course springsteen when's his biopic coming out because i will creatively yeah, direct that. it i would watch it mm. cast it bruce springsteen um so yeah that is is there anything else you wanted to add on the film uh no mate but next time you make a biopic no fourth wall breaking pick a storyline and acknowledge the drugs and abuse <laughs> yeah do a film about the drugs and abuse yeah, I'd, I'd watch that, that. I'd watch that. I want some realism. 100%. But no, I, what I will say is thank you, Beth, because I never would have watched this and no. I really enjoyed the music and Chadwick Boseman's performance. Yes. And um, even if I only gave it three blue blues, it, blue blue blue, blue I'm drunk, it's lunchtime. Um, I, I still had a good time, just That's not as good thing. as I might have wanted. I'm glad I watched it. I don't regret watching it because, yeah, it's James Brown in it and... Chadwick Boseman. Um, well, thank you for joining me today, Emma. Thank you, Beth. Thanks for your hosting. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and remember, guys, 
if you do want to commission us to discuss a film of your choice like Beth has, if you head to patreon.com forward slash fancritical, you can check out the different tiers available for support. Uh, You can get bonus content. You can discuss your thoughts directly with us on Discord and even commission your own podcast like Beth. So if there is a Bruce Springsteen biopic that I'm not aware of that you want us to discuss, please... 100% commission it. Commission it. Um, And if you have enjoyed the podcast today, please leave us a glowing review because they're our favourite to receive and they are completely free to do. And check out our podcast channel. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we have podcasts on classic films some of us have not actually seen, like Aliens and Pulp Fiction. We cover TV shows like Watchmen, Westworld. I mean, we're going way back as well, like Game of Thrones, Stranger Things. Yeah, it's 2020. Um, There's no TV shows anymore. There's nothing new. (laughs) There is only repeats (laughs) of what we've already seen. Uh, We do Worst of Netflix, which is exactly what it sounds like. We do Stephen King. We do Marvel. I mean, what don't we do? Everything good, basically. So go and check it out if you're interested. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned for more quality content down the line. All that's left to say is something by James Brown. I can't think of anything, any of his songs that would go. Sex Machine. Yeah, get on up. Remember to get on up. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up like a sex machine. Get on up. Get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene, get on up, like a sex machine, get on up, wait a minute, shake your arm, then use your palm, stay on the scene, like a sex machine, you got to have the feeling, shoot your bone, get it together, right on, right on, get up, get on up, get up, get up,